Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Please welcome this evening's guest moderator, co-founder and managing director of Women Innovate Mobile, Kelly Hoey, and tonight's guests, Nancy Joe, Carlota Espinosa, and Kathleen Utek. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. You've all came. Yay. So this is fantastic. Thank you to Apple. Um, we're excited to be here. So let's, we've got a lot to talk about. So let's just jump into it. Um, and we've prepped, so they know what I'm going to ask. So Bravo has been in the social TV space. This is not new. You've been in here for a while. They're, you know, probably, that is correct. Yeah. Probably starting, what, about 2010? I, I did my research. For those of us who don't know what the heck it is, what is social TV? And when you're thinking about it, kind of how you think it, how it's evolved from back in 2010 um, or earlier, um, and what you think we should expect from it in 2013. So broadly speaking, social TV is anything that supports communication and interactivity in the context of watching TV or around TV content. And for Bravo specifically, that is that could be before, during, or after a show. Um, so I think that. Obviously, that's the major platforms, Twitter and Facebook. But then we also have the rapid rise of the second screen applications. So for Bravo, we have Bravo Now, which I encourage all of you to download and interact with as you're watching our shows, which has both um, catch-up content, complementary content, and really is curating the conversations that you're seeing in your social networks. And then you know that slowly or is going to continue to evolve as we have TV everywhere, and you're sort of, sort of seeing the second screen becomes the first screen, or it goes back and forth. Um, I can go on. There's lots of products. There's the Transmedia Play. There's the Play Live Voting product that we're, the interactivity that we just launched. There's all those Super yes. Bowl commercials that people are talking about with social. So I want to pop down to the end and to Kathleen, and you look at social TV from the investment lens. What with all these developments that Nancy's talking about, what are you seeing and what's kind of getting you excited in terms of, or your team excited in terms of what, uh, what's out there to invest in, in terms of the, uh, whether it's a technology or concepts or whatever? Yeah, so social TV is a, a newer space, which is always interesting because there's new innovations coming out of it. Um, on the hardware end, we see a lot of smart TVs which are going to come into the market. And then we see a lot of software which has applications both for are just regular plain old TVs and also for the new smart TVs. Uh, we're always looking for things that increase engagement and sharing. Um, but really importantly, we're looking for things that monetize. We've seen a lot of things that have been second screen experiences. We hear a lot about uh, something called OTT, called over the top, and what's going to be over the top of your set top box. And a lot of these, while maybe people have been using, they, they haven't been monetizing as well. So what we're looking for is something um, more of which might engage businesses and be B2B platforms, or if it engages consumers, how it can really monetize with those consumers. Are we going to get a better remote? No, I, I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> I, I mean, Are we going to get a remote that I'm going to use every button on? How I mean, I mean you, you might have seen it, and I think it's important, um, for when we're looking at new technologies is, is how these technologies might partner with, with content producers. And so you see NBC, which Bravo is a part of being 
um, really big and one of the biggest content producers. So seeing how partnerships with those producers can create an even better experience. And, and you've seen Comcast partner with Zbox, and Zbox is pretty much like your TV sidekick. So when you're watching TV, um, you know your device can see you know what you're watching and then serve you up relevant content. Cool. All right, you flew in all the way out from LA. Thank you. Maybe that's what we can, we can thank Carlota for the nicer weather today. Um, let's discuss Stylute. Let's discuss how um, Bravo and Comcast and Stylute have all come together um, and what makes these kind of partnerships you know, valuable. So Carlota, tell us about Stylute and how all this came together. Well, thanks for uh, having us here. Um, Stylute is, and I know a lot of, especially women, can relate to this. Imagine trying to find that perfect black dress, but you're having to go, you go on Google and you're just like LBD, and all of a sudden you are just, so many websites are all there all at once, and you're like, one, I don't have the time, two, I wanna find a specific dress, and also women know how to shop, and women know exactly what they want. So what really appealed to me about Stylute is we solve all your problems. So it is everything, all in one place. So if you are looking for something actually really specific, you can find it on Stylet. You can find it through the brand, through a color, through a size. Even if you want to find only something that's under $100, you can find it on Stylet. So it's like new styles in every single day. So we have over now up to 7,000 brands uh, with over a million items. And we get about 70,000 new styles every week. So, and how that works is we have affiliate relationships with everyone from Net-A-Porter, Shopbop, to Banana Republic, to BCBG, to Sears. So, it's kind of everything, it's like my dream, just even for myself, because I, I'm a big shopper, and especially I love to shop online. I don't have time to go to a mall. I know what I like. And um, so, this kind of solves all your problems all in one place, and it's there. And it's also, at different price points as well. So if there's something, if, hey, I'm looking for this particular dress, but I don't want to spend over $1,000, you can find something very similar and probably 20 different items as well. So how, Kathleen and, and Nancy, I would sort of chime in from the Bravo side and from the Comcast side, how did this collaboration all come together? Yeah, so I met the Style team, um, I think, back in the spring. And I, I absolutely love what they were doing. Um, at that time, they were doing it, though, just for the consumer. And, and I agree with most of what Carlotta said. Um, I know what I want in clothes. I, I don't think women always know exactly what they want, and I don't know what I want everywhere. But normally in clothing, I, I know. Uh, well, we can I, help you with that, yeah. too. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, normally in clothing, I might know what looks good, and you might know if an A-line dress looks good, if you look better in, in sleeveless things or or, or cap sleeves. So I encourage you to go look at Style Lou, and not, not because I'm, I'm trying to promote them. I, I haven't even invested in them yet, hopefully one day. Um, but I, I, I obviously, I look at a lot of um, a lot of commerce companies, and you know sometimes it's hard to see why is one different from the other, or why does one catch on, and, and why does one not. And what, what Style Lou has is, is extremely different. So you'll see a, a body that's almost like a mannequin, and, and you can put, okay, I want something that's short, that's knee length, that's, you know, goes to my ankles. I want it to have these kind of sleeves. I want it in this color. And, and so you play with this mannequin on the left, and on the right you see 
all these different things that you can choose. And then, and then you can choose it by price points and, and not just for clothing, for shoes. So sometimes you have a very specific idea in your head of, of exactly what you want. And, and this helps you find it and at different price points. So while I saw this and I said, okay, the technology is different. Um, and I, I met the team and I love the team. I, I know that the consumer space can be a very, very noisy space. Now, what's good about Comcast Ventures is we, we do operate almost as a standalone venture firm, but we're a venture firm plus. And so when it makes sense to forge relationships between startups and NBC and Comcast properties, we do. And so I had been speaking to Nancy at Bravo, and I, I knew that they were looking for a way to, to even enhance what they were doing on their e-commerce site. And I knew the technology was strong and the team was really strong. And I said, okay, why not be able to cut through this noise and maybe being a, a B2B business to business solution could be a great idea. And, and you had the team to build out that technology. And so, you know, I made the introduction and then. And I would say that what really stood out to me is the technology and all the massive um, quantity that you have to sort through. But I think also the uniqueness of working with startups is that you're so singularly focused on your product. And the nice thing about Bravo is that we know, for example, within bravotv.com, some of the most highly trafficked areas are the photo galleries because people, they're editorialized, people are coming to look at the looks of the housewives or any of our cast members. So it's actually a perfect way to have more of an editorially contextual manner to offer commerce. So we're not sort of forcing it upon you, but you're coming to the site, you're engaging and looking at the photos, and here's an opportunity to take it one step further to the extent that you want to shop. We've curated it for you in a very sort of, like you like this housewife style, so here's all of her looks. And I think that that's what really stood out to me is that, to your point, we can offer it at multiple different price points and, and it's just great. Yeah. You know, sort of thinking about all of this from, from the programming perspective, if our face is in our second screen. Are, is there any concern about, are we engaged in the shows at all? Well, if the face is in the second screen, but you're tweeting about the shows, and you're saying, hey, I just bought this product off the yeah. show, driven by the show content, and you're sharing it with your social networks, I think that you know people recognize that your social networks are, it's a way to get recommendations. So it's absolutely driving the story. So and, and we're thinking, and maybe with television, it's not that much of a disconnect anyway, in terms of the form of behavior that we do around a TV. Right, but imagine how many times you have seen um, a show that you really love and you're, you like what she's wearing and you wanna know, how could I get that outfit or I wish I knew what the designer was. Well, here we're gonna solve that problem. We can do that, we can tell you who that is and also various other designers and different brands and at different price points. So you'll literally be able to shop the show. So and I'm just thinking if it's not Kate Middleton who has her, you know, structures where she, where in stores she always shops at, you know, we need someone to. We can do that. We can direct, <laughs> direct us there on that. And I mean, like, we talked about this before, um, and you had some interesting, Carlota, you had some interesting information on, you know, people do kind of stop, drop, shop when they're watching television. And that's behavior that's already happening as opposed to through technology or through websites doing something to get them to change behavior. Right, I mean, I think most likely people, when you're on, you're multitasking. So it's somebody who's on watching television, you're on your iPad, um, you're watching the kids, you've got another TV in the other room going on, and you're just doodling, looking around at different things. And so it's, why not also shop something that you really like, because you're most likely probably gonna buy it. Right, and I think you, you knew from a, a prior startup that you actually saw sales increase after 
a celebrity yes. or someone or some shows, someone was wearing something. I'll, yeah, I'll give you an example. I, um, so my prior company was Hot Look, and um, we would do a lot of things with extra. And so I would just, I'd go on camera, talk about a certain brand, and you know, the moment it aired, starting from the West Coast, we could see, and then how it would air in different time zones, we could literally see um, you know, our sales increase. Like, it was pretty amazing. And it was still, television is still that powerful medium that I still don't think you can, it's coming close, but I still don't think you can attract that online as fast. Getting your message out immediately like that. So with all of this in mind, getting the engagement and getting the attention back to the first screen, um, we know that Gen Y actually goes to the internet first and, and will these tools and sites and social aspects bring them back to the first screen? Nancy, how is that affecting development of programming or how you're thinking of Bravo shows, not just as shows anymore, but as a cross-platform brand? So Bravo definitely thinks about how content is consumed across all the platforms. And I think that this is best exemplified with Top Chef, which is on right now, very transmedia in the sense that you have an on-air story that continues online and then is also affected by the social networks of these, of the candidate or the, the cast members that are um, participating. And it's a virtuous circle. So it's all feeding back into the various um, storylines. So it's very much part of the development and how we're thinking about programming. And I'm sort of thinking that now that programming is changing, is that also affecting how you're thinking about investment? Um, like at Comcast in terms of the various, I want to say touch points of where you may look for um, startups or other innovative ideas to affect, I'm going to say that whole timeline of a production. Yeah, I think one of, one of the advantages, um, like I said, we, we operate as a venture capital firm plus, so we, all, we have the insight of Comcast and, and NBC properties to see what they're really looking for. So as I'm going out there and meeting new startups, I have insight into what, what companies could be interesting to Comcast. If they're interesting to Comcast, they're probably interesting to other media providers. Um, I, I, I think you also start seeing startups that are using television in, in interesting ways um, that you haven't seen before. And you see even online brands like uh, a fab.com starting to advertise on TV. And, and you, you would have never seen that before. So we're looking at how, how television interacts with things that are online. And, and I think you, you've only seen people use e-commerce so much. You still see people watching TV. People spend five, I think the statistic, and it always blows my mind, is um, people spend five and a half hours a day with the, t with the television on and watching TV. Who so, are these people? I, so, <laughs> so, you know, it's very interesting of if, if it's, the, you know, the, if it is this great medium, um, how can startups use that to, to attract and, and retain and really engage their customers. Well, I mean, this is kind of come, come back around. There was um, Mark Cuban made the pronouncement. Um, and when Mark Cuban makes a pronouncement, we all listen. Um, you both touched on it, but let's have each of you look at this. Is TV still the most powerful media weapon? I think because it's being so innovative and how we're working with all the different technologies that are emerging, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, there is nothing that you, there's nothing right th out there right now where you can get your message across faster than television. The video still looks the best, you know, on TV. <laughs> 
It does. Again, I, I, I agree. And I mean, it's in everyone's television. I mean, it's in everyone's household. I mean, you have all these eyeballs. And I, I think as much as sometimes people go, oh, TV's dead, it's, it's not. I think it's going to be around for a very long time. This is maybe all, all the social TV technology is making it relevant again. All right, I could sit here and go through all sorts of questions, but so many of you, um, I'm going to say, where's, where's Josh? I know he's got microphones. Um, fantastic. So many of you had RSVP'd in such enthusiastic, enthusiastic response for this topic of social TV. I suspect you've got some questions. So I rather, rather than listen to my voice, um, I would really love to hear from you and what your questions are. So Hi, Dorian Ben Coyle, Teaming Media. Um, Kathleen, I think it was you who said you're looking for monetization opportunities. I was hoping you could address what kinds of things you're seeing, if you can be specific about what kind of interesting monetization you have seen, because I know that's been a, a difficulty in the space. Yeah. Or a difficulty uh, in a lot of spaces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not limited to social TV. You know, you know um, it's something, uh, th there's a couple interesting ways and in, 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 the, in the social television space. Um, one, if, if you can bring analytics that will somehow help ads be more targeted. I think people are willing to pay for things that, that involve more, more target and more conversion. So there are some companies that we've seen, and I'm, I'm thinking of one specifically, that really provides these, these great analytics and actually mines all sorts of data of, of what people are watching and what's relevant. Um, I think you have a way to monetize with businesses. I think if, if as we prove out, and in, in the, the pilot is, is just starting, that people do want to purchase what they see online. I think you have um, a, affiliate fee revenues possible. I think if it's to businesses, you have the software as a service recurring revenue uh, monetization models uh, possible. So to me, those are more interesting models than than anything that, that might be sold to a consumer because a consumer is going on to their second screen. But when they buy, yeah, then the affiliate fees, fees are good. But mostly, I think it might be fees from businesses. And, and I think this is an important point. Of that. Thank you for that question on monetization, that when you really think about social TV, there is, are these two aspects. There's this engagement, and what are we doing when we're watching a show? And then there's this deep analytics behind it in terms of, as you pointed out, Kathleen, much more targeted on terms of advertising and what other, what any other behaviors that are and going on. We've even seen people try to analyze and start crowdsourcing ideas of, of what they thought would be interesting and in, whether it's TV shows or in movies. It has yet to prove out that, that television shows or movies will, will pay for that knowledge. But you, you might see if you could save a lot of costs and you can do something like a, almost a pre-pilot, like this is going to be a failure if you can save companies a lot of costs, that that, that might be something that, that, that studios are willing to pay for. And I would just add on the engagement side that, you know, we've launched this product, Play Live, which is really about you at home are watching a television show, you're seeing questions come up, and you're engaging with the content on your television. That can be taken a step further down the line. And now it becomes, you know, maybe that becomes sponsorable. And how is the sponsor looking at, hey, is it crowdsourced? If, if they reach a certain level of engagement, are you, the consumer, getting a reward back to you? And does that reward increase as more people are engaged? So it's really tying the engagement back to the monetization as well. Cool. Hi, I think this question is really for Kathleen. You said that you thought that TV was going to remain powerful for a long time to come. Does your answer change if you break it down by um, generations? In other words, for somebody who's 25 versus somebody who's 45, is there a difference in terms of how powerful it is? And how does that 
inform the long view? Mm -hmm. So I, I think, and this goes back to that, maybe what, what Kelly had said is that second screen is making television even more relevant. So you see um, for the, I think it's 18 to 34 year olds, they're 35% of the time on a second screen device, but they still have the television on. I think as much as you might see um, you know, YouTube being successful and people going on and seeing online video, they're still, they want to see a professionally made show. And even, and we've, we've looked at actually a lot, of, a lot of channels that are based off YouTube. There's still, even when they're good, there's still a quality difference and people still want to just put on the TV and watch a video. And that's even among the younger set. Um, so I think they're, they're still going to consume. They, right, so you have to remain relevant. You're going to have different engagement platforms. But I think there's still going to be television. Um, I think sports, the way that they're, they're played too, I think people are going to want to be watching sports. They want to watch it on, on a big television and not even just on their tablet. Well, and I think isn't sports, like, in terms of a category, the most active in terms of social television? Hi. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about products like Trender and other places that try and analyze the social chatter around a show. What do you guys look for in social you know, talk about a show? I think that's great because uh, one of the benefits of social is the data and then the analytics that are driving it. And from our perspective at Bravo, we really want to be able to highlight what is trending if you will, in, the, in the conversation and highlight that. Um, because it, what's most retweeted? How are people engaging with that content? And expose it to people who may not have yet picked up on it. And that's really what we we look to the analytics to help do that. I was saying, are you looking at analytics at all with respect to any of the celebrities or potential celebrities or pseudo celebrities or that big cat? You know, with those kind of people? Because I, I think some of this, I think of. Um, it's all wonderful that we've got um, these Twitter followers and Facebook fans, but if we can't drive them to action, it's kind of an irrelevant number. Right. I mean, I think that to your point, it's, it's who has a, the social, I guess, clout in some ways, but it's also the ones that are very relevant to the shows and driving, helping to sort of drive that conversation further as well. So yes, first row. Drive that power. Hi. Thanks a lot. It's been a really good uh, presentation. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and thanks for sh shouting out Trender. It's one of our clients. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what I wanted to ask is, uh, the companies that don't actually have to engage in the show, like for example, Shazam uh, is a company that, it's the, everyone knows the music tagging software, but they also have TV tagging software where they use the audio track to tag what the show is and what the products in the show are. Or companies like Pokeware where you can actually you know, hit a dress and then know how much it is to buy that dress. Or uh, some of these where they don't actually have to do a deal with Bravo to, but they can actually monetize around the show. Um, it, are these models things, something that you've seen a lot of, or something that you feel have uh, good potential? So I've I've seen a lot of them, um, and so uh, right when, when I'm looking at investments, I'm I'm always looking at three things like every VC a team, the actual product, and the market for it. Um, so right, you, you can see a lot of the same ideas, but there's different teams leading them, so we'll, we'll have me have different feelings about, about the company. I, I think it's really important to have a partnership because the space can be really noisy. There's actually a lot of technologies, I think, that are fingerprinting voices and can show you know what's out there. And so I think having the partnership helps it 
be so much more aware to the to the general public because and and I think they're they're talking about it now is is how to co-brand it and what says powered by Style Loop. So or maybe it would be hard for us to discover Style Loop before. Now you're reaching twenty something million households that are are now seeing Style Loop. So I, I think having that partnership is is key because I think you can have a great technology, but it's and it's 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 a it's a huge problem is when there's so many of these companies and some are similar. It's really hard to understand which are better, which aren't, and how does how does a how does a regular person discover them? Right? I'm looking at it every day, and sometimes I can't tell the difference. I don't know how if I'm I'm sitting, you know, if I'm my sister-in-law sitting in the suburbs of Connecticut, how I'm supposed to discover what what to use, and then you know how many apps am I going to use? There's only so much time in the day. It's like websites. How many I going how how many am I going to go to if I'm checking my email? I'm checking Facebook. You know, I'm checking YouTube. I mean, there's only so many so many things, and then when does it get replaced. So I think having a partnership and when people have the TV on five and a half hours a day, like what what brings it top to mind. That's why for me it's it's important to have these partnerships. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Zbox and, and how that Comcast partnership will really help it will help it grow. Because maybe Shazam can do the same stuff as Zbox. I'm not saying it can, but even if it could, people are going to see Zbox because this is the Comcast is bringing into millions of households. And just to so support that further, I think when you have a partnership in place, it's, you're really incented to see it succeed. And I think that's ultimately what both sides want. Right, right. And everything, you know, my entire tech team is based in India. So it is very hard. It's why, you know, a lot of people think, like, why aren't other people doing this? It's very difficult to do this in the back end. And basically, our teams have created something that has we have built it from the ground up to do this. This is not something where we just said we can just turn the plat, you know, turn it on and let's make it happen. Like there's a lot of work that goes into this. It's been months in the making, and there's a lot of technology and it's a lot of cost. And uh, so, mobile's yeah. hard, yeah. <laughs> and so, but it's like it's unique that because we already have our team in place in India we were able to do something like this. So I think uh, while other corporations and other teams want to do something like this, the stumbling block has been um, the technology and not having the team and also the cost. Hi, can you explain if or how this social TV affects um, producers of television shows or the agreements between the production companies and the broadcasters? So this might be plot development or Right, so that's time. sort of out of my purview and on the business development side. Um, but I will say that there is, there is a collaboration there and there's an awareness that this is, TV is being consumed or content is being consumed across all these platforms. So there's a collaboration across the companies. Well, uh, we, we talked about this the other day, sort of there was, um, with another show there was online voting to have, um, you know who was going to be the winner, but the show was taped, you know, months ago, and how you know you sort of want. There's almost a disconnect. I mean, I you know there's like Super Bowl commercials out right now that you're able to go online and vote, and your choice may be shown on Sunday. There's something immediate about that as opposed to voting something and thinking you're watching it live when it's not. So, I think some on that production question will will wait and see, and I guess how much all of us is consumers of television really take on the whole social aspect. Hi, a question about the economics. How dependent are these models on cable selling bundles of tons of channels? And how concerned are you about price sensitivity? There's been 
talk lately. There was a big piece in the Times last week about people getting sick of having to buy tons of sports channels that they don't watch. So how dependent is this model on that sort of thing? Yeah, so I, I think we, yeah, we, we stay well out of, out of that, that <laughs> model. Um, there, there's some, uh, some, some great people uh, that I, I respect that are negotiating those contracts um, and that, I mean, so the social TV, I think, is, isn't affecting it. I think it's gonna be a side of it. And if you're talking about like other TV sources like coming on like, a, like an ARIO or something, like how, how is that? The price sensitivity drives them away from from cable channels in general because they're because they're stuck with a full package. Yeah, yeah, I've I've, see, I've seen the debates. I, I still think that in the end the the bundles and will win out. But again, there's a lot smarter people at me at Comcast that are figuring that out. They they just let me invest. That's all. <laughs> Hi, Mo Crockmall with Social TV Daily. Yes, there is such a thing. Um, just curious, guys, I'm going to throw a lava grenade. Would you rather be Facebook or Twitter in the social TV battle place, and is it over, or do the apps still have a place? Oh, who wants to take on like that one? I that's asking Mo, a mother to choose between their children. <laughs> um, I think that they serve different purposes, and I think they're both very effective, and um, I'm so I, I think they're both. I mean, I, I sort of think about it with a with a live uh, sporting event or contest or something. I think we're all going to go to Twitter, but if we've purchased something, maybe we're going to a smaller social graph like Facebook, and that's where we're posting. I mean, when I think about my own usage on these things. Um, I think well, the only issue with Twitter is that you can miss it. Like, so if you're not, whether it's Facebook, you see what your friends like, and so eventually you go on Facebook, and you will see something maybe that you probably would have maybe have missed if you had gone on Twitter because somebody had tweeted, tweeted it 28 minutes ago and it's already way past your feed. So. I'm happy with anything that increases yeah. engagement <laughs> and sharing. It can be Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I, I like great. it all. Yes. LinkedIn, great. Okay, make it all, you know, may the war begin, social TV war begin because it'll be all mean better products for all of us. So more questions. This has been fantastic. Oh. I think we got way there in the back. You've got to come in front of the speaker if you're standing in the back row. Sorry. I have a quick question. Um, I've been noticing I'm in, I'm in film production actually, and um, I work, you know, sometimes on set. And um, I'm starting to see more, like, um, quality filmmaking for, uh, sorry, quality filmmaking for, like, you know, the Netflix people out there. And there, it seems like Netflix is, like, taking over instead of like just selling or uh, renting movies they're making their own programming now it's like they're almost like their own cable tv uh, how like does it is it a competitor i, I mean I, I i think i mean to to a point it is but i think any and, and maybe it's me being being um very capitalist uh I would say competition is good, right? It makes people better, it makes people stronger. I welcome you know, more competition coming in with programming. Um, and I would say that from Bravo's perspective, you know, one of the things that I personally am exploring is where content is generated and where you're sort of seeing, um, you know, whether it be crowdsourcing or whatnot that's sort of giving weight to content created, whether that be online or whether that be in different sources. And that's an area for us to investigate further and figure out, is there something for us to partner there? 
I don't want to say, being Canadian and having to put up with Canadian content for years, bring on the competition. Open it up. Um, so it's very easy to see how fashion is a natural marriage with social TV. What are some other market segments and sectors that are going to benefit from the similar alliances? As far as fashion or? No, outside of fashion. Outside of fashion? I, food in terms of any types of appliances or products. It could be Home. design, homeware. Um, I mean, I think it really applies to any, any sector, really. Beauty. Fashion, I think, is an yeah. easy one to start with. Um, but it can easily be applied across. And, and sports is huge. Because you already think about when you're watching a game and how you're reacting to it and the fact that, you know, we have Super Bowl parties. You know, people, people are already social around this. Um, and I just think it's finding um, new and different ways to engage what is now virtual audience. Um, so aside from the partnership of Style Loot and Bravo, what are some other executions of social TV that you guys have seen that are really, that's really innovative and interesting um, that's going on in the social TV space as it continues to evolve? Yeah, so, so like I mentioned, I think um, what, what Z-Box is doing with Comcast is, is very innovative. Um, they're, they're pretty much your, your sidekick for TV in, in serving you relevant content. Um, they're gonna, I, I think what Comcast is doing with some of their, so I, I know, I know obviously Comcast better than I would know what, what some other people are, are, are doing. Um, and I think what they have coming up and, and how they're serving content and, and how they're truly not just saying TV anywhere, everywhere, but trying to encourage it over all sorts of devices and letting you log in and watch shows and content from all sorts of devices. I think these are all innovative ways. And I, I don't know if, if we've spoken before, but like there, there's, I think there's great entrepreneurs within organizations and there's great entrepreneurs and so, I think at many organizations at Comcast and other media providers, and I think a lot of other great companies, there's a lot of people that are, that are doing innovation and, and they're creating innovation. And, and then they're also looking outside the organization and seeing where they can partner and, and just trying to form a, an ecosystem that just, that's very innovative to bring them to the next level. Because you should be able to digest content from, from wherever. It shouldn't be limited, I think, to just your, your, your television. Um, I'm going back with the platform question, not necessarily Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Pinterest, but what other platforms are really seeing a rising in engagement? Bravo, I'm talking more Get Glue with Styleute, how's Trendable? I'm just curious to see what platforms you're really seeing come to a rise. Um, I'm a big fan of haul videos. I think, um, I didn't even know what it was. Um, five years ago, and then... Oh, uh, for the guys in the audience, why don't you explain what a haul video oh, haul, is? <laughs> haul video is, uh, a typical haul video is a girl, she's probably in her, I would say, 18, early 20s, the most, and in her bedroom or in her uh, apartment, she is talking about how to apply makeup, how to shop this look, um, and... Incredibly, a lot of these women have are becoming now superstars, and uh, and now are be able to get you know sponsorships from this. And we at my previous company, we uh, I did a test with one particular girl, and she just talked about one brand, and it was the for us the most profitable marketing um, campaign we ever did, and I spent very little money on that, and. Um, 
it was also for this brand that is a huge brand. Um, it was one of their largest sales they ever had. And, uh, and then she would just tweet about a particular sunglass, those sunglasses sold out. So that's when I really got excited and saw something like, well, this is something that could be really big. And then um, I found out there's a whole list of these you know, women who do this and have made a living, have quit college. <laughs> And this is their career, and they're very successful at it. So we're, so no, we're not suggesting quitting college. Don't, don't quit college. college. Yeah, don't quit college. You could you could look at all sorts of surveys. That can be on your you're like your, too bright for like Harvard or Princeton. It can be on your college. side job, but that's <laughs> the one thing that I coming you know going from something that did not know anything about this to then like that is one of the big things that I will also be working on trying to uh, recruit. Um, for Stylute. So this videos. is what I want to say the, the video version of fashion bloggers or beauty bloggers. It, people have created this great following over giving instructional with respect to style or they, beauty yeah. or lipstick. They or, live yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they're, they're networks of channels that are the platform is, is YouTube. And I think you've seen them make certain brands. I think uh, Birchbox became really popular because there was these girls getting... Um, and, and for those of you that aren't familiar with, with Birchbox, it's a subscription-based. You pay, I think it's about $10 a month now, and um, you'll get different small samples of makeup to you. And so um, it was these girls every month when they, when they get their box, and it would be like, if you got it in California, you, you might have received it like a minute before if you got it in New York, and then you open your box and say, this is what I got this month. And, and it got people really excited to see what was in their box, and, and Birchbox now sends out other boxes, so it could be like, all right, I love these two things, and then describe the products. I didn't like this one, um, but I love these. And, and so I think it's, it's, it was really a network effect because these girls have like tons of followers. Yeah. Interesting. Hi, um, this is probably more for Kathleen and Nancy. In terms of socialist TV, what sort of engagement differences are you seeing around live events, people, event, big ten polls like the Oscars or if a sports Super Bowl, um, where people likely watch it live versus regular programming where they're going to maybe watch it via DVR? So I think that that's actually a great point, and that's one of the reasons why we're really looking at technologies that drive the tune-in and drive the awareness to watch the show when it runs on the premiere, because um, they're getting something back from it. So whether it be the interactivity in your voting or doing something and you're seeing the reaction real-time on your screens, that's certainly driving it. I also think that Bravo is very fortunate that we have a very passionate and engaged audience. And going back to the metrics questions, we tend to see a lot of activity even when the show ends. So we're looking at, okay, what can we do to harness that? And maybe that's an online, multi-camera type of live, uh, a live event then and there. So I think that the idea is that we recognize that while some people are, you know, maybe delaying watching, but a lot are certainly turning it, tuning in for the actual broadcast, and we're encouraging that. Yeah, and, and I think anything I've read and is, is with Twitter, you don't want to look at Twitter if you haven't watched that show or that event at that time because it's, it just sounds a spoiler alerts, right? And I think, I think that was an issue that, that NBC was, was struggling with with the Olympics is, what, what, you know, what do you do? Because people, right, there, there's events, you're, six, you're five or six hours ahead, and how do you avoid all these spoiler alerts? And I think, I think television will... will or somehow we'll catch up on how you can ban anything that says like Super Bowl if you have to like DVR it or something. Well, we'll see what happens. I just think it's exciting because like again, I think it's making that first screen relevant again because 
these are sort of distraction activities that we've had while watching TV, or we've been watching it in an isolated way, and technology is now bringing us back to watch, watch it with friends um, virtually. All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight. Everybody join me in thanking our guests again, Nancy Joe, Carlota Espinosa, Kathleen Utec, and Kelly Hoey.